If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you will, uh, to John chapter 8, the Gospel of John chapter 8. And actually, I'm going to read just a few more verses from uh, the text, beginning uh, with verse 31, John 8, verse 31. After our Sunday school lesson this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, um, the session has made a decision to revise the budget. Now, those who were here, <laughs> those who were here this morning will know that, what that means. <laughs> and I don't think that's right. That's not what Paul meant. <laughs> you see what I've got to deal with? I'm just telling you. <laughs> The Lord is good and uh, His grace. First Corinthians chapter 9 teaches about you shall not muzzle the ox while he's threshing. And, <laughs> and so um, we uh, looked at that and how, how good. First Corinthians, um, join us for that if you will. Hear then the word of the Lord. John chapter 8, our Lord speaks and He is uh, talking to those who are around Him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, Yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. May God then add his blessing to the reading of his holy and precious word from the Gospel of John. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the glory of your word and the sufficiency of that word. O oh, Holy Spirit, um, Quicken that word in our hearts. Uh, make us alive to the things of our Lord, especially as we come to the table. And uh, we, we know its importance. And we fellowship around His table. Father, we thank You that uh, in Your Word You have spoken to us words that set us free, that help us and assist us on our way. Father, we thank You that that which You've given us in Your Son is true and right and good and righteous altogether. Father, we thank You for the great benefits and the great joy that we have in Christ our Savior, who indeed has set us free. And we come to celebrate that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In John chapter 8, our Lord is uh, speaking to those who uh, have been seeped in, in the background of Abraham and the law. And they have certain ideas as to what it means. Um, the focus of the passage 
has to do with the freedom that Christ brings to a person's life. I would say that a proposition for this sermon would be that um, that I, I, I look in Scripture and I see that it is one who is in Christ that is truly free. Their circumstances in this world may appear that they are not, but in terms of truly being set free and having freedom comes from ultimately Christ alone and knowing Him as Lord and Savior. We may ask the question, what is freedom? If I were to ask you that question, what does freedom mean to you? What is freedom? Uh, there are folk who would have different kinds of answers, wouldn't they? Some would say that, uh, I like what one of the 18th century rationalists said this. He said, uh, freedom is to be under a government of law. <laughs> How do you like that? That sounds really objective, doesn't it? <laughs> and concrete. Uh, freedom is to be under a government of law. Um, some people have the freedom. I remember one person, young person, said to me, he said, I just can't wait till I get out of the household so I can be free. <laughs> and I thought, boy, there's an interesting definition of freedom. <laughs> and uh, um, people have all sorts of notions uh, from, from the understanding of the world about what freedom is. Um, our Constitution says something very interesting, which gives every Christian cause to investigate the matter as God has given it, um, that we are endowed with certain unalienable rights from our God, and that is what? Life, liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. You see, our Constitution, whether uh, many today want to proclaim it, but appeals to us as citizens to go to find out from God what our freedoms really are. <laughs> now, I don't think a lot would want to point you in that direction today, but the Constitution itself gives you good cause just by its very language uh, to pursue what it means to be free and to be at liberty and what it means to live and have life. So I would just say not only... Uh, Honor the Word today in Christ who sets you free. But listen, go to your Constitution and, and read it and pursue just what it says in terms of its meaning. And you'll get the point. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a matter of, uh, of thinking about freedom. Freedom um, for the Christian is somewhat different. It's juxtaposed to much of the positions of, of the world. Um, I, I like Scripture when it says that uh, Christ free man, Christ free man is his bondservant. I can't completely describe to you what it, what it means perfectly to be free because we all in a fallen world have restraints in one fashion or another that we have to deal with each day that, that impede what we think freedom might be. But one of the things I love about the freedom that Christ brings is that it transcends uh, the bondage and it transcends the limitations of the world and it brings to to the person whom God has made those basic fundamental elements by which we are truly free physically and spiritually. Um, 
It is, it is knowing Christ. And I, I try to describe what it means to be free in Christ as only being significant as I am His servant. As only my life is bound to Christ. You, remember the Scriptures, you have been, what? You have been bought with a price. Now, people might not like that language today, but for the Christian, spiritually speaking, we're a people who have been bought with a price, and that is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we belong. (laughs) The preacher belongs. I belong to. I am his. And listen, it's not a bad thing. We've been bought with a price through the blood of Christ, and we belong. We come to this table, and we declare we belong to you, Lord. And how am I going to say uh, belonging to the Lord and being His servant and being a slave to Him truly sets me free? That's almost an oxymoron, isn't it? It's almost opposed to each other. But as I, I, one person wanted to talk to me about that, and we've had many issues with regard to who belongs to who and what but we believe in all that kind of thing in our culture. We've had some interesting discussions. But uh, one person expressed that uh, they didn't think that that was appropriate to express that uh, we, we belonged to the Lord. But belonging to the Lord uh, puts our life in a different context. Uh, freedom defined for the Christian is how is it that we, how is it that we, can honor the Lord and know Him and belong to Him through the blood of Christ. It's funny how man distorts those things, but lovingly by His grace belonging to Him leads us into a life of freedom. I like the, I like the examples given in Scripture. The Apostle Paul um, and some of his um, followers have been preaching the gospel at Philippi. Well, many at the city of Philippi didn't like that, so they threw them in prison. They threw them in prison and put them in jail. And um, they're singing in the middle of the night. And, of course, um, I, find that, uh, I find that ironic. They were singing in jail. And it says that the glory of the Lord showed, and, and the cell doors uh, burst open. And uh, because that happened, uh, the jailer who was there overseeing the situation uh, was concerned that all the prisoners were gone. <laughs> prisoners that he was entrusted with were gone. And um, and he pulls out his knife to kill himself because he knew that he was going to have to answer to those in Roman authority of losing all the prisoners. And Paul stays him and he says, "Don't don't hurt yourself. Don't don't hurt. You. We're we're still here. <laughs> we 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 haven't gone anywhere." And I thought about the sense of freedom. <laughs> the sense of freedom uh, that the Apostle Paul had in the Lord, that it wasn't the external circumstances that he, w- he was in that made him free, but he was free because he was in the Spirit of the Lord. And, and so wherever the circumstances were, and I'm sure that there were many difficulties that the apostles faced, and, and as they went through those circumstances, isn't it interesting that uh, they served God as, his, as the one who was uh, the one had called them and the one who had bought them, and, and they served him. And in serving him, ironically, uh, came not bondage, but 
serving Him in the light of His grace comes freedom. Freedom uh, in the perspective that you have of the world and a perspective that you have of life and uh, the way you approach things. And I'm convinced that uh, there are folks who uh, say they live in a free land, but they don't know what freedom means. Does that make sense to you? Live in a free land, but they don't even know what freedom really is. As a matter of fact, what I've observed uh, more often than not in the bondage of this world, uh, that what the world presents um, in the context of freedom, if, if even basic natural elements of freedom are abused, it creates a slavery. It creates a bondage. It creates um, a way of life which you are bound to, and it's not very pretty when it is abused. Therefore, the, the, you see, Peter describes to us in the use of our freedom in Christ, he said, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. I love that. And Jesus said what in this text? If I shall make you free, what? You shall be free indeed. And so, my dear friends, uh, the Apostle Peter uh, says to us, he says, and he, he is speaking to believers who have been set free by Christ and who are His servants. And he says to them, act as free men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but as bond slaves of God, <laughs> as servants of God. Serve another. Be completely a servant to another who is Christ your Lord and act free in Him. Um, freedom, quote-unquote, as supposed by the world, can, can be abused. Would you say that freedom has been abused? Yes, and I hope that that is one of the great lessons among us as believers that, uh, that we will learn and that we will hear the Word to act as free men. Um, uh, you know, uh, honor all men. Free, uh, fear God. Love the brotherhood. And so the, the Scriptures speak in, in that passage about what it means to be free, to honor all men, to fear God, to pray for the emperor, honor those in authority. Then finally, to love the brotherhood. I like that distinction, to honor all men, but to love the brotherhood. I like that when, when we are free. Now, in this particular passage that we have in John chapter 8, we do well to, to look at it. And uh, as we do, Jesus therefore was saying to those Jews who had believed Him, if you abide in My Word, then you are truly disciples of, of, of Mine, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now there's one of the first elements. What is it? Jesus said, if you abide in My Word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, how in the world does that operate? So truth is found in, in Christ. I know that there are a great many people today who declare themselves to be free. But they really demonstrate by their life that they're still in, in some form of bondage to the world. Um, you will serve one master or the other. Would that be a good statement when we talk about this subject of freedom? 
you will be, you will have one master or the other. And either it will be the Lord or it will be the world and Satan himself. None of us are ever ultimately free to ourselves without, uh, without any attachment. We are either bond slaves of the Lord or we are bond slaves of the world. And that will manifest itself in due time, which understanding of freedom that, that we have. Um, Jesus says, actually, freedom comes from the truth. Uh, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So one of the problems that we have when we talk about freedom, what does it mean to be free? Well, it means to know certain things. Have you ever been in an underprivileged situation? What prevents holding some people back? Well, it's sometimes they don't have opportunity because their environment is restricted. Sometimes they don't, they don't have the benefits that other people have. I, I remember when I was growing up in eastern North Carolina in a little place called Littleton, and it really was little. <laughs> and uh, we, we lived in a little two cinder block uh, house. We were sharecroppers uh, for Mr. Pittman, by the way, <laughs> Granny Pittman. Uh, she was my buddy. Um, and we would be available to Mr. Pittman when the crops came in and we would work and, and that was our place to live. And I remember I, after so many years of uh, the Lord saving me and then going through the years, I, I, we decided to get in the car and go back to the old home place. And, and I went back and I remember how confined our life was in that little context. I'm going to tell you what, when I got back there after everything that we had been through, the house was smaller than I remembered. <laughs> the, the field that I played in where the cucumbers grew for Mount Olive Pickle Company, <laughs> I thought that was a, a gigantuous just, just field. I went back and it was just this little old strip of land <laughs> leading up to the Pittman home. And I, and I looked at the Pittman home. I thought that was a mansion. It was the only brick house I'd ever seen in my life. And it was huge. It was a mansion. <laughs> isn't, isn't it funny, your perspective? And there are a lot of people who don't have opportunity. And, and we should pray that people will have opportunity for their life to expand and to grow. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Would we not want that for everyone? Would we not want that? Would we not want freedom in Christ for everyone to have liberty? And to live life in such a way. Some people say that freedom uh, is just living a peaceful lifestyle. I'm beginning to appreciate that one even more. <laughs> just to be able to live in peace. Um, that's, that's so, so important. So all these other things are important, really important. But ultimately, uh, to be free is to be free in Christ. And he says that his truth will set us free. And I'll tell you how that worked. You see, it's a matter of... Um, Oftentimes, uh, our not being able to see certain things spiritually when we are not free. We are bound to the things of the world until God, by His grace, opens our minds and hearts to understand certain things uh, in our ignorance. And when I say uh, ignorance, I don't mean to put down anyone because once uh, we, we were blind and there were certain things that we just ignored 
and we ignored it because of our nature. Uh, we, we didn't want to talk about the things of God. We didn't want to have the things of God in our life. Matter of fact, we didn't, many of us didn't even know God. We were going about our daily activities and we never thought twice about it. When somebody mentioned the name of God, we, that was kind of foreign to us. We didn't know exactly what they meant by all that, you know. And, and so actually, uh, that sense of freedom and God really meant not a whole lot to us. And it was because we were, Paul says, um, I did the things that I did, what? Against Christians in that day out of ignorance. I, 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 I didn't know. I just didn't know what I was doing. One of the things that uh, we preached a few Sundays back, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I tell you what, over the last year and a half, two years, uh, I have prayed that prayer more than once. Father, I, I just believe that much of the reactions that we see in the world today. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And, um, because if we did, uh, and even the apostles said to the Sanhedrin, um, you did what you did, uh, and if you had really known, you would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If you had really known, you would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And so uh, there is a certain... Um, aspect to our life uh, that we have to be concerned about um, uh, having the right perspective spiritually. Uh, what happens to a man? I, I've talked to so many people about the things of the Lord and being free in Christ, and they don't want to have anything to do with it. And sometimes that's when you approach people, you have to exercise care because they might not know the things that you know, and you have to pray, therefore, for those around you who you desire for their best and their good. Pray that God will lead you and pray that God will work in their lives as he's worked in, in yours. And um, uh, one of the things uh, that I learned long ago when I was growing up, I, I, I was in love with my Converse tennis shoes, my basketball, and my jeans. And uh, that that's, was my life. I longed to get an orange goal with actually a uh, cloth net to it. Ours were chains. When we were in the housing projects, uh, we would play basketball, and they would put the most durable stuff up there because they knew we'd tear it down. So they put these big old, welded them to the backboard, <laughs> and then they put these big old the chains on there, and listen, when you would shoot the basketball, cha-ching, <laughs> cha-ching, <laughs> and I, I still remember that in my ears in few gardens in, in uh, Durham. <laughs> I just love, I love that uh, uh, that that situation, and um, you know, um, at that time, that's what I was concerned about. But at 15, um, it's funny about certain ideas. Um, I was, I thought I was living a pretty good life, poor, but living a good life and thankful for what I had. But then all of a sudden, I heard a preacher uh, one Sunday talk about sin. That men and women, boys and girls, were sinners. And I didn't understand what that meant. Living a pretty good life. Wait a minute. Uh, and, and we're sinners. And then something began to happen. That, that seed, that thought of that one principle, that one truth, that all men have sinned and come short. I still remember that verse. That's probably the verse in Scripture I remember the most, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I remember... Well, what is that to me? But then after I left that, that just stuck with me. And I began, everyone, even as a 15-year-old kid, I began to think about what that meant. 
what would be the implications of being a sinner? What would that look like? And I remember John Fain, who was a PEF evangelist, was preaching, and I told Ronnie Britt, my friend, by the way, Ronnie and I have just touched base again. He still lives in East Durham. And I, I punched Ronnie, and I said, he was preaching on sin and what a sinner looked like. And I punched Ronnie. I said, who's been talking to him about us? <laughs> How did he find out about us? <laughs> Boy, that's a good description. <laughs> and it's funny how a little joke, a little something where you are in your life spiritually, all of a sudden the Lord causes it to ring a bell in your heart. And do you know where the Lord began with me? All have sinned come short of the glory of God. That's where it began. And the Lord wouldn't let me get away from it. What does that mean? I told John Fain at the end of that week. Matter of fact, I've resisted that so hard. Uh, matter of fact, we were there Tuesday night. I didn't go back Wednesday night. I didn't go back Thursday night. And then Ronnie said, well, listen, uh, Pastor Fain's only going to be there uh, Friday night. So if you want to hear me, you better go back. Didn't I tell you what he preached on Friday night? John Fain preached on Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh boy. And, And God began to take His truth and put it into my life. Yours too, if you know the Lord this morning. Put it into your heart. He calls that truth, His truth, which is eternal truth. Francis Schaeffer called it true truth. I like Schaeffer. I miss Schaeffer. Um, true truth. And all of a sudden it began. And uh, Henry Cromendam, uh, my Dutch professor, he said it's the clear ring of truth. Because when it hits you, it rings like a clear bell. Bing! And it resonates in the heart of man. And you shall know the truth. If you abide in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know how I was brought to Christ that I realized um, that same Friday night, um, I walked out the door and I said, you know, Ronnie, if, uh, if I were to die tonight, I don't think I'd go to heaven. I said, I don't think I'm a Christian. I don't think I know. And he said, well, let's go back. <laughs> and we, we talked about what it meant to be a Christian. That sin is real. And that my life is really affected by it. And there is a consequence to sin. Don't you want to proclaim that message to the world today? That there is a consequence to sin. There's a consequence for the way we live. And we will bear the marks of it in the days to come. And my dear friends, then, um, yes, Lonnie, there you are a sinner. Yes, there is judgment coming, of which we all will give an account before the Lord. But also there is a Savior who has come. He has paid the price that you couldn't pay, Lonnie. I realized even that night that my life was already transformed. Already changed. For Christ, He moved me from death to life. From slavery to freedom. In one night. You believe how God works? <laughs> Isn't this amazing? How does He work in your life? 
you have been abiding in His truth? Has that truth set you free? Dear friends, listen, I've listened to a lot of words in my lifetime, but there is only one word that I've found to be effectual and eternal and forever, and that is the Word of God, the Word of His truth in the Gospel. Lonnie, you will only ever be free until Christ draws you to Himself and you belong to Him. Then you will be free. and You will know what freedom really means. I pray that today you will know what freedom really means to you as a Christian. The other dimension is, as it goes on down in this passage, and he says uh, to them, they answered him, We are Abraham's offspring and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you shall become free? Um, and that, that's an interesting passage. As a matter of fact, that's a little bit self-deceptive, isn't it? Uh, the, these uh, who are of the Jewish background said, we've never been a slave to anyone. We're Abraham's children. Was that true? No. As a matter of fact, they had been enslaved eight times <laughs> through that whole experience. And they even had some coins in their pocket that has whose image on it. <laughs> Caesar's. <laughs> we've we've never been slave to anybody, you know. Uh, you know and uh, some people dis- deceive themselves. Even notice how respectable it can be. The denial. We're not slave to anybody. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell us what to do. We we've never been slaves. And there are some today who make that strong profession under the influence of the devil, and they never see the real reality that they're in bondage already. I pray that you're not in bondage this morning, for you will have one master or the other. Amen? You'll have one master or the other. One sets you free. The one intends to keep you in bondage. Let me say that about the world. He intends to keep you in bondage forever. Jesus intends to make you free forever. And I like, I like that comparison. Um, so they answered him. And notice how decep- self-deceptive it can be when you talk about spiritual things and being enslaved to the world. Jesus answered them in verse 34, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. There is a certain bondage that man's going to have to deal with, and that bondage is to his sin. Without Christ, we remain in bondage to sin. Which means it already wraps us up. We're already gift-wrapped and the bow's already on it. And guess what? There's not one thing you can do about it. Because you have already been sewn up by this world and by sin. And you're wrapped and you're a gift of the devil. But isn't it marvelous that uh, by one man came sin, Adam. But by the second Adam comes life and freedom. By one man's sin, we are enslaved and in bondage. And then there comes a second Adam. And he comes. And by his sacrifice, not demanding his rights... But he humbled himself in the form of a servant. And he served us as a slave and he died on a cross for our sin. And little 
did the devil know that when Christ gave his life for his people, that those bows and those little gifts were unwrapped and delivered to him, and they were set free. My dear friends, that's what Christ does for a person. It makes them free indeed. He delivers us not only from our ignorance and the things that we've ignored through the years spiritually, but He's delivered us from the bondage, the bondage of our sin. Have you ever prayed about your sin? You thought about it and said, Lord, I'm really struggling with this. You know, you've saved me. I know I'm a Christian, but I just struggle with that one thing. I can't just seem to get away from it, Lord. It just seems to be getting on me. Do you struggle with things like that? Maybe the preacher shouldn't say too much. <laughs> but you just struggle with that that one thing. And my dear friends, Jesus says, uh, if I shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So when you, as a Christian, even struggle with the things of this world and your limitations and your weaknesses and all those other things, I pray that it will drive you to the Lord who made you free, that you will ask Him for that grace and that power to overcome in other areas too and to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and walk with Him. You as Christians are a people truly that have much to celebrate on the Lord's Day. As a matter of fact, do you know that the believer celebrates the freedom that they have every Lord's Day? Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that marvelous that we come to the Lord's house and even today we come to His table? And I tell you, you come to the table of the One who gave Himself for you. And He bought you with His own blood. And you belong to Him to serve Him only. You belong to Him. He is yours. But isn't it amazing the freedom and the liberty and the joy that He gives? Boy, that's not like any other master I've ever known. Amen? Amen. May the Lord be with you on this day in which we celebrate freedom in so many ways. May the Lord be with you. and May you be free indeed. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, prepare our hearts for the table. We thank you for your goodness to us, your mercy. You have richly poured out on us, your grace. We thank you for showing us the truth. Lord, de- delivering us from the things that we ignored and we just didn't want to think about. Lord, thanks for setting the record straight in our hearts through the Word. And then thank you for drawing us to your Son, Jesus Christ, Father. Drawing us to uh, see that the answer and remedied to it is not in and of ourselves who are already in bondage to sin. But it is rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who gave Himself and delivered us from our sin and its bondage and its power by His death upon Calvary. So, Lord, this morning we come around this table declaring that we are Yours. Lord, we are Your bondservants. We have been purchased by You and we belong to you, our precious Savior, we are yours. Help us to live free. Help us to live for your glory. And help us to serve you only. In Jesus' name I pray.